Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. Nobody is perfect like God is. And nobody will argue about that. It's like, well, of course, nobody's perfect. Well, that means everybody's a sinner. That's what it means. At our core, we're imperfect, every single one of us. And, and so what this is telling us is that anytime we act on that imperfection, anytime we act on it, we're acting in conflict to God's plan. Not following the perfection required by our Lord ultimately means we are all sinners. When you sin, you act in disobedience to God's way. Be aware that any path you choose will be rugged and dangerous. Pastor Robert encourages you today to follow after the plans God has for you to avoid calamity and disaster. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Verse 22, it says, According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding blood, there is no remission. Talking about the, the remission of sins, you know, the dealing with our guilt. He says, therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. Again, a little explanation. The copies of the things in the heaven, we'll see in just a minute, he's talking about the utensils in the tabernacle, saying they were copies of, of the things that are actually in the presence of God in um, the temple in the, in the heavens, so to speak, and that, that it was necessary that they be purified with the blood of the animals that were being sacrificed in the, in the temple and in the, in the tabernacle. It was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacri- sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Now, we're going to stop right there today. We've been looking into this for a few weeks already and, you know, pointed back to the tabernacle, pointed back to the the instructions God gave to Moses while they were still in the wilderness there, you know, after the Israelites left Egypt before they had entered the promised land. And, And 
the passage referring to the tabernacle and, and all of those utensils of worship as copies of the things that are there in, in heaven. So it's like we've got the copy or the shadow and then the, the reality there in the, in the presence of God. And the Bible is telling us that all these things had to be purified with blood. All these things had to be, had to be ritually purified um, with the blood of animal sacrifices. We see in this passage, we see in the scriptures that these things were put into place. These instructions were given by God to serve as an object lesson. It's like all of history is supposed to be teaching us some things. He intended, God intended that those repeated rituals, the repeated sacrifices would be a repeated reminder to the people that their sins always resulted in death. Point number one, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now, now think about what that means. It's like, there's, you know, if, if, you, if you work at a job, you're always going to get paid for what you do. I mean, you know, that's the way it works. You work, you get paid. You work, you get paid. And he says you sin, well, the, the payment you get, death. That's, that's the payment. That's, that's what you're going to get back for sin. And it's a reference to the physical and spiritual consequences of living in conflict with our creator's perfect design. Now, see, that's you know, you break sin down. What is it really? What are we talking about? Because a lot of times we have this concept of sin, like it, it's, you know, all these big evil acts, you know, you, you'll have people want to argue with, you You know, I'm not a sinner. How dare you call me a sinner? Because they think, you know, I never murdered anybody. I never raped anybody. I never robbed a bank. You know, I'm not guilty of any of these big things. I'm not a sinner. Well, the Bible says we all are. So we need to reevaluate our definition of it. What is it talking about? And as I've said so many times before, what the word sin means actually is imperfection. You miss the mark. What's the mark? Well, the mark is perfection. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. Nobody is perfect like God is. And nobody will argue about that. It's like, well, of course, nobody's perfect. Well, that means everybody's a sinner. That's what it means. At our core, we're imperfect, every single one of us. And so what this is telling us is that Anytime we act on that imperfection, anytime we act on it, we're acting in conflict to God's plan and God's order, God's design. You know, it's like you're trying to, well, I don't know, plug a water hose into a light socket. It's not going to work out real well, right? There's a conflict there. It's going to be a bit of an explosion. When I was a little boy, a family friend gave me a little puppy, a, a black chow mix, you know. I was like three years old, I guess. And, and as, you know, he, as he got older, he was really protective. So much so that when we would come home at night after dark, my dad would always have me call out to the dog because my dad didn't want to get bit. And that dog would bite him. He had attached to me and was very protective of, of me and... I could usually control him as a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old. One day when I was about six, though, he, he got hit by a car and was killed. And it was my first real experience with, with death, you know, with loss and grief. Those of you who've lost a pet, you, you know exactly what that feels like. And, and you know what it felt like for these little Jewish kids who were being taught year after year after year that this little lamb has to have its throat slit and its blood collected and offered to pay for their sins for that year. Year after year 
after year after year. That had to be done, and they had to be a part of it, not just witness it, but be a part of it. As a reminder, our sins always produce death. Very personal lesson in the natural consequences of our human imperfection. You know, last week we talked about how awkward it is, how difficult it is to write out a will because we really don't like to think too much about death. We we really don't like to focus on it. We say that death is a natural part of, you know, life and just is what it is. But, But in truth, death is not natural. It was never part of the design. We're not designed to die. God designed us to live forever. But we don't. We don't unless he intervenes. Actually, the Bible says there's some who are going to have to die twice. The rebellious choice of our first ancestor introduced imperfection into God's creation. And, and, And that brought death with it. You know, I used to be confused as a little boy because, you know, I grew up going to church and I'd see that, you know, in in Genesis, God told Adam, you know, if you eat of that fruit, you'll surely die. And then he ate it and and he he didn't immediately die. So... We should just be unfaithful stewards of the creation. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we should not take care of the environment. Certainly we should. It's been entrusted to us. We have a responsibility to take care of it. But we also have to understand that we, we can't prevent the death of planet Earth. Planet Earth is dying. Just like you and me, you know, we're, we're dying. I've told you this story before. My wife's best friend, one of her counselors, many years ago was diagnosed with cancer. She, she knew it was terminal. She knew she was dying. And I had the opportunity at, at one point, godly, godly woman. And we were in Denmark and with her, you know, we were there and talking. And, and I said, so Britta, tell me, what's it like? What's it like to know that you're dying? And just sweet lady, but very direct. And, and she got this look on her face that I knew it was coming. You know, I just didn't know what it was. She said, Robert, tell me, what's it like to think that you're not dying? And it took me just a second. It's like, oh, shoot. She's right. She's right. My death is just as inevitable as hers. And she wasn't offended by it. It was a teachable moment, and she seized it, you know? She later went on to write about the whole process and write about her experiences. But we forget that sometimes, don't we? Every single one of us is dying. We're so glad you joined us today on Main Thing Radio. It's our hope and prayer that you were touched by what you just heard. Before our time is up today, Pastor Robert would like to share a great testimony of how God is working through this ministry. You know, not not long ago, we got a really cool letter. Actually, I guess it has been a while now, maybe a, maybe a year or more, but we got this really cool letter from a lady named Desiree who was listening to our program from within uh, a maximum security prison up in Georgia. And uh, she realized, she heard on one of the programs that I'm from Georgia, so she reached out. She was all excited that she had, you know, just some sort of common ground with this guy she was listening to on the radio teaching the Bible every day. 
and uh, she asked if, if it might be possible for us to send her some Bible study material, something other than, she said, I don't want workbook stuff, I don't want the fluff stuff, I, I want things that will really, some tools that will help me study the Word of God for myself. I, she said, for the first time in my life, I want to do it, I have time to do it. So we did that, we sent some books, we sent some, some Bibles for some of the other ladies there because they then asked for that and they started a little Bible study group and, and God was just using that little 15 minute main thing radio broadcast every day inside that prison. Wow, what a great testimony. If you'd like to share your story, please visit MainThingRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio.